Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. College Basketball Recruiting Weekly. We're back. After being on the road all of last week for the beginning of the July recruiting period, we are here today to break down what we saw. And we're talking about over 25 collective days on the road, more than seven different stops. The Nike Peach Jam, the Adidas 3 SSB, the Under Armour Association Finals, the NBA Academy, and the Pro 16. We've got recaps from all five coming up next. The Nike Peach Jam is the culmination of the EYBL season. It began Sunday, July 2nd, and ran for seven straight days right through the 4th of July. NBA scouts were there right away. College coaches arrived on day five. When it was all said and done, Team Takeover was the last team left standing, winning their third EYBL championship. I was there along with Eric Bossy and Travis Branham covering all five courts of action. Here's a recap of what we saw. All right, guys, going into the week, all the hype was about the E16 matchup between Cooper Flagg's Man United and Cameron Boozer's Knight Riders Elite. 9 a.m. Wednesday morning, Bossy, you and I were courtside. It was an upset of somewhat historic proportions, at least in the state of Maine, when Maine United wins that game. Cooper Flagg was phenomenal. They go on to meet again in the finals. This time, Knight Riders Elite comes out with the win, but Cameron Boozer, wasn't necessarily as dominant as we expected. Travis, was there any reason behind that? Yeah, Cameron was actually battling uh, some sickness throughout the course of the week. So in case you haven't, uh, or if you were watching, especially throughout the week, uh, not only did the kids throughout the entire tournament start to lose energy, but he was consistently losing energy early on in the games throughout the entire week. So that certainly played a role, but that is not to discredit uh, the play of anybody else, particularly the Flag brothers. Not only Cooper was he absolutely elite, but Ace Flag had a uh, the task for the large part of defending Cameron Boozer, and he did a pretty spectacular job of doing so and limiting limiting him out on the court. Uh, but yes, Cameron Boozer was a little bit sick and was not near as dominant as what we saw the week prior at NBA Top 100 camp. All right, and now you have to give uh, Ace Flag his flowers. Also have to give Caden Flag his flowers because he stepped up in a big way. Bossy, what do people need to know about the other Boozer brother who was instrumental in Knight Riders Elite coming back and winning this championship? Yeah, Caden Boozer was was tremendous. I think um, you know, like Cameron, he had a little bit of an off game during that pool play loss, but. During the championship game, when Knight Riders really needed someone to take over, it was Caden who took over. He was pretty much unstoppable in getting into the lane and causing havoc in there. He scored at the rim. He played some good defense. He just came up with all the little players they needed to. And when his team and his brother needed him to step up, 
he stepped up and showed why we ranked him so highly. Now, although they didn't win the championship, Cooper Flag was incredible this week. And I think we would all agree uh, what really stood out to me was his off-ball defense. I, I'm going to make this maybe a little bit of a hot take, but, and Bossy, I think I even said this to you while we were watching this game. I don't remember someone who is smaller, shorter than six foot ten, who has better shot blocking instincts. He's very literally the best shot blocker I've seen at this age for someone who's not a, a seven footer. Um, and on top of that, he's also a big time passer and obviously just super competitive. We saw the offensive creation uh, make strides this week. So although they didn't win this championship, this was a huge week for Cooper Flag. Trap, did you have any other thoughts on Cooper getting to watch him firsthand? Uh, just that off ball defense. It's been standing out to me for a while and it really shined here at Beach Jam. And honestly, he won MVP at NBA Top 100 camp. Uh, but make no mistake, he was not uh, as efficient or effective at NBA Top 100 camp as he was at Beach Jam. Point being, he took his game to a different level and he has been elite every single step of the way. But this was a different side of Cooper Flag than we have seen. His game was taken to a completely new level. And I mean, the evidence speaks for itself. This was a Man United team that not many people expected to make it all the way to the championship game. Uh, but his play and also the elevated play of the others around him, I thought the entire team improved up to this point. Uh, and Cooper Flagg made him on a deep run that many people didn't expect. Yeah, I tweeted that as well. I mean, coming from New England, I, I can't remember a bigger grassroots win or, or a more notable run for the state of Maine than what the, they did this week. But of course, it's almost counterintuitive. But the big prize at Peach Jam is the EYBL championship. Team Takeover takes that. But it was another underclassman, A.J. DeBonsa, who led the EYBL division in scoring. At one point, it was by more than five points per game. I tweeted this as well, that the conversation for the best young prospect in the country, it's not a two-player discussion, but it's a three-player discussion. At least that's my opinion. Bossy, what were your impressions of A.J. DeBonsa this week? Absolutely, it's a it's a three player discussion, and I'll preface this with saying that I've always thought AJ is an outstanding talent, an elite talent, and have been operating on the assumption that based on his age, he's going to end up moving to the class of 2025. Where heading into the week, I would have said he was maybe just a little bit of a notch below um, where Cooper Flag and Cameron Boozer are. But after getting to see him up close and personal again, and watching him just dominate the 17U division while those guys were playing 16U. Um, ended up leading, I think it was official 25.8 points per game. And what really stands out with him is his ability to create one-on-one -on -one offense as a legitimate six foot seven pushing six foot eight win. Um, you know, I think with Cooper and Cameron, they're both a little bit of tweeners. Cameron is a four five, Cooper is a little bit of a three four, but at the highest level, I see AJ with a very specific position. And when it comes to shot creating, and ultimately creating your own basket, I think he's a little bit ahead of those guys. So if he does move to 2025, we've got one heck of a dilemma on our hands and trying to figure out the number one player. If he stays in 2026, it's about the easiest decision we'll ever have for number one player. I would agree with that. The other thing I would add is that AJ's rate of progression, I mean, he's gotten so much better so quickly over the course of the last six months, over the course of the last year. And that to me is probably the most impressive part about him because remember, it is an eighth grader. He was someone that was already anointed. Everyone was saying he's the next big thing. And that is a hard, hard thing for a, a kid 
to be able to internalize and to maintain his humility, to maintain his work ethic. And he's obviously done that because his rate of improvement is as impressive as his natural talent. Trav, you spent a lot of time watching other youngsters this week at the Peach Jam. Anybody else that, that really started to make a name for themselves? Absolutely. Uh, Coleman Clover, he was on Team CP315s that went on to win the championship. He is a six foot six wing out of North Carolina, just a dynamic three level score, but particularly uh, what stands out is his ability to make shots with range from three. He shoots an extremely easy ball, very polished, simple, clean mechanics that are very repeatable. So he's going to continue to be a consistent shooter, but he's got some toughness and a lot of game to him. He's going to be a very fun one to watch in the years ahead. Big shot making wing that tracks. Uh, Bossy, anyone, obviously there's a ton of games throughout the week. You've got coaches, you've got NBA scouts. Who really helped themselves the most in your mind? I think it's pretty clearly Drake Powell. And I don't know if this is a hot take because he's a guy that we already moved into the national top 10. But when we did so, we discussed how the production didn't quite match the tools yet or else we would have ranked him even higher. Well, guess what? The production is matching the tools now. And man, is he something is he something special? You know, he's pushing six foot six, super twitchy athlete. He's becoming a really dynamic playmaker for others. He's shooting the ball better. He scored nearly 17 points a game. He got on the glass. He's going to be an elite defender. Me personally, I think you could make a strong argument for Drake Powell in the top three of the class of 2024 at this point. And North Carolina certainly got themselves a heck of a player and they got him done early. All right, now, Trav, you have championed. I didn't, I didn't intend to go back to you on this one, but I got to ask because you have been Drake Powell's unofficial um, director of public relations for the last few months. So <laughs> are you co-signing top three? Are you with Bossy? Is, is he that good right now? He's definitely in the, t in the top three conversation for me. He is absolutely in the top five on my personal board, and he has been for a good part of close to six months at this point since I saw him back in the winter at the John Wall Holiday Invitational. Um, and we say that the production hasn't necessarily matched up, uh, but the fact is he impacts the game in ways that don't show up on his stat sheet, and that is personally why I've been so high on him because the progression of his skill set we knew was going to catch up. This is a kid, I spoke with his dad actually at Peach Jam. He doesn't even have a trainer yet. This is a kid that wakes up in the morning, watches YouTube, and goes and tries to teach, it, teach himself while his mom and dad are rebounding for him. And the fact that he has progressed at this incredible rate with his shot making, his ball handling, his passing, and then obviously you add in the intangibles with what he brings to the defensive end of the floor, uh, the energy he plays with every single time, and how he's just a leader out there. He's an extremely impressive talent, an extremely impressive kid. Um, I'm all aboard Drake Powell and co-signing Bossy. If, he is absolutely top five and absolutely pushing top three. All right, now to put this in perspective, when we made him top 10, we got a lot of pushback in the, in the industry, in the greater basketball community. People saying, no, he hasn't earned that. He's not that good. Well, I think that uh, not only have we been proven right, but maybe we weren't quite right enough. Obviously, there was a ton of uh, content and stuff coming out of the PGM. You can find all of that and much more, 247sports.com. Uh, some of the very best players and one a truly elite atmosphere in all of grassroots basketball. It was a terrific week in North Augusta. About two hours up the road from North Augusta, just south of Charlottesville, the Adidas 3SSB Championship was held with the Utah Prospects claiming victory. Again, college coaches packed the seats 
for all five days of action, as well as NBA scouts, and our own Deshaun London was there to take in all the action. All right, Deshaun, you were in Rock Hill, South Carolina all week long, and there were plenty of big names down there. The one I kept hearing or seeing on Twitter and social media was VJ Edgecombe. What did you think of what he brought to the table last week with Austin Rivers Southeast Elite? Yeah, I thought VJ was spectacular. You know, he's very, he's quick. He has a quick first step. He got downhill. Whenever he got to the rim, if you don't watch out, he might put it on your head. So, he was just great on that side of the ball, and defensively, he always competes. And, yeah, I thought he was probably my second favorite player from the weekend. All right, now I'm going to ask you about your first in a minute, but I also saw his recruiting is starting to change. You're seeing Duke is in there. You're seeing UConn is in there. Those guys going head-to-head -head on a couple of players right now. But what is the latest on VJ's recruitment? Yeah, so I spoke to VJ after the game, and he pretty much told me that. He is in absolutely no rush for any type of decision or anything like that. Uh, he's going to make a top five in the fall, and he wants to make a top five and visit those five schools. When I spoke to him, he said that Miami, Duke, Indiana, Michigan, Florida, Florida State, and UConn were some of the schools pushing really hard right now, and Kentucky is starting to show some interest, but they have not offered yet. All right, now VJ Edgecombe had a breakout season at Long Island Lutheran. He led the NIBC in scoring. He made a huge jump in our updated rankings in the month of June, but he may have another one uh, still in front of him. Deshaun, you said there was one player you liked even more. Who was that? Yeah, that was definitely Koa Pete. Koa Pete was the top performer for me over the weekend. I know we have him at number four, and he definitely backed that up. So he's playing with Compton Magic, and he kind of played a point forward for them. He brought the ball up, he was making great reads, he was rebounding, and offensively he used his big body to get to the rim, move defenders, get to his mid-range and finish through contact so for him he was probably he was definitely my number one player and he did everything out there and you know what Deshaun he played really well last month with the USA basketball U16 team as well and I know we've talked about him on past episodes but he's an interesting guy because he came out last year as a freshman he led three SSB in scoring in that initial April period kind of burst onto the scene but there were questions about hey is he maxed out physically at an early age but he's really changed his body. He's bigger, stronger, much more cut than he was a year ago. You said it. You're starting to see that like point forward type stuff because he can handle the ball and play make. I think he's like a sneaky good passer. I'd love to see him start to incorporate that more into his game. Um, what do we know about him on the recruiting front right now? Yeah, so I spoke to him after the game as well, and he told me he took two unofficial visits. So he took an unofficial to Arizona State last year around this time. And he said he visited Nebraska the last session. So those are two schools he took unofficials to. And from what I saw, Michigan, Baylor, Michigan State, Texas, Nebraska all had head coaches for him. And there was assistance from Kentucky, UCLA, and Stanford. So I would say that Cole will have a lot of options coming down the line for him. Yeah, that sounds like a list that is bound to get bigger before it gets smaller. All right, now, were there any under-the-radar or emerging players that caught your eye this week? Yeah, one, Marcus Jackson. He... He was great. He's about 6'7", long, athletic, and his motor just doesn't stop. Uh, me and Eric, we got to see a little bit of him in Tampa for the UA camp, but he got a concussion, so we didn't get to see a lot. But when he was out there on the court, he was great. His motor didn't stop, caught lobs, and kind of did everything. I think he's a guy that should be in consideration to be a national ranked guy.
Awesome. Looking forward to seeing him. Deshaun, great work as always. And Deshaun has a ton of recruiting updates on the site right now, 247sports.com. Head there now. You can check out all of his work. Deshaun, thanks as always. Cartersville, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta, was the host of the Under Armour Association Finals, culminating their 2023 season with the Middlesex Magic taking the 17 and under championship. Eric Bossy and Travis Branham were on hand throughout the week. Let's welcome them back into the show to break down what they saw. All right, guys, Middlesex Magic, they take the championship, knocking off Team Thrill, who was the spring champion and undefeated in both the 17 and 16 divisions of UAA. Derek Queen had very much been the big name throughout the spring in the Under Armour Association. Bossy, what did we see from the big fella here this week? Well, I was there. I saw a guy who was pretty clearly the best rising senior in the UAA circuit and a guy who backed up his five-star status. Um, you know, we can debate where exactly he falls in the final rankings at the end of the summer, but he certainly looked like a five-star guy. You dump the ball into him down low, and more than likely it's going to be a bucket. And what I really stood out, or what I should say really stood out to me is, in the past there's been some times where Queen's effort level, let's say, it, it can vary a little bit, and sometimes he's got a tendency to go out and hunt jump shots rather than going in and scoring on the block where he's got great footwork, great touch, scores with either hand. And at the UAA Finals, he was very, very intent on going to the block, establishing position, and punishing defenders around the rim. And that's what I wanted to see from him. I think that's what coaches want to see from him. And he did that, and then he's able to step out and use a little bit of that face-up skill. So he played the way that is most effective for him to score, and he was dominant in doing it, and was clearly, at least while I was watching, the best big man I saw there. All right, another note on Derek Queen. Has some of the best hands. I mean, those things are straight magnets you will find in this national class. Travis, another player uh, who's very well known in the Under Armour Association, Bryson Tiller. I believe he's the highest-ranked UAA prospect in the rising junior class. What did we see from him this week? Yeah, he is making progress when it comes to his skill set. He's always been a tremendous talent when it comes to his physical tools. Six foot seven, six foot eight. Very long arms, very physically and built with a wiry and strong frame. Very good athlete. Uh, he's been known as a face-up four man who can run the floor, defend, rebound, uh, but never known for uh, having much of a polished skill set. Skill set, but that's starting to change. He had multiple uh, shots from mid-range in front of me, showing he can stretch it out to 18 feet. So there's upside as he can stretch it out to three but also showed uh, some impressive vision and playmaking ability. He saw the floor well, made some really impressive passes. Now that's not a consistent area of his game that's gonna keep impacting the game right now, but it's something he could potentially grow in. Uh, so the skill set the, and the development there is definitely something to take note of. All right, now one other guy I wanna ask you about, Trav. Sir Muhammad, someone I really liked in the spring. In fact, he was my big spring riser because during the high school season, I thought he was a wing. I thought he was a well-built, kind of versatile wing. Uh, he was used as a point guard on Team Curry throughout the spring. Did you get a chance to follow up on him this week? I did. Um, and similarly, he is a do-it-all wing guard, whatever you kind of want him to be. He has a tremendous IQ and feel for the game. And you can surely attribute some of that to being the son of a prestigious basketball player and Nazi Muhammad himself. Uh, kid, what really jumped out to me was his vision and passing ability. He saw the floor exceptionally well 
fit the ball through tight windows, but he also makes the simple right plays. It's not always a home run. He hits the singles and he hits the doubles. Uh, he's not the best of athletes, but he's serviceable. And he knows how to get to his spots, especially out of ball screens, and he's improving his jumper from deep. Uh, he actually showed that he could. He is comfortable stretching it out three, four feet uh, beyond the three-point line right now. Now it's not necessarily consistent, but when you're seeing him make a couple of those in a in a pair of two games that I got to see, that's something to take note of and keep an eye on. See if that he can keep tapping into that and growing in that area. Bossy, one of my favorite parts about the UAA over the years is it seems that there's always some new names that emerge. Did last week provide an opportunity for anybody else to start to make a name for themselves? Absolutely. Um, there's just two guys I want to mention real quick that really stand out. In the class of 2024, you've got Jason Jackson. He was recently offered by Illinois playing for breakaway basketball. He's a six foot nine. Big man with big, broad shoulders, long arms. He can run from rim to rim. He's a little bit on the lean side and may need a, a red shirt year, but he's the guy that I watched and said, you know, this is one of those guys that two or three years down the road turns into a productive high major player that everyone says, how is this guy not ranked by all the services? So he's a guy that I think we need to remember come rankings time. And then in the class of 2025 from noted basketball producing talent, producing talent, and a Cordis Washington out in the Puget Sound, Davis Vogel, a six foot five shooting guard playing for Seattle Selects 16 U team. Man, the kid really, really blew me away. One, with his confidence on the offensive end. Two, with a jump shot that's just an absolute rifle. And three, he can put the ball on the floor and get to the rim and finish with athleticism. He's only got two offers so far from Seattle and Wyoming who offered over the weekend, but it's only a matter of time before West Coast and Pac 12 high major programs start offering Davis Vogel. Write that name down. All right, you heard it here first. Bossy just made Davis Fogel from the city of Seattle, close to Bossy's heart, a high major prospect. Again, we have lots more, 247sports.com. Really can't emphasize the amount of content we have on the site right now in terms of recaps, recruiting updates. It's all there, go check it out. While Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour were all located in about a four-hour radius across Georgia and South Carolina, Pro 16, a startup circuit featuring a handful of top national prospects, took place in Houston this weekend, and Brandon Jenkins was there to check it all out. All right, Brandon, Asa Newell, fresh off his trip with the U19 USA basketball team, and Ryan Jones are two of the more notable prospects in this Pro 16 circuit. And from what I understand, they went head-to-head -head in Houston. So what did you see out of these two? Yeah, they really lived up to their billings as two players who are top 50 players in the National 2024 class. Uh, they both went at it in a Saturday matchup. And, you know, while Ryan Jones probably outdueled Asa Newell in a one-on-one -on -one setting in the outskirts out of that game, uh, one family, one family was the team that ended up coming out successful in their they have a lot of pieces around Asa, but Asa is really the catalyst of all their success because he brings the size. He does, he fulfills all the needs from the four-man position. He can really trail, he can knock down open shots, and he does a good job defensively of protecting the rim and being mobile and changing ends very, very well. So, you know, Asa did his thing in that regard while Ryan took the one-on-one -on -one matchup personally, and he showed why he's one of the more productive foremen in the class. Um, while we see him usually you know, float out to the three-point line and he does have touch behind the arc. You know, this time he made it a point to really take it to Ace's chest and score well around the rim. Um, he operated inside and out. 
And he showed coaches that were there watching him perform that he could be a very versatile option uh, within their offense. Yeah, that's the interesting thing because Ryan Jones built like a linebacker, right? Like he's a big wide body guy, but he can step out and shoot the ball. So it's about just finding the most efficient kind of combination of those unique skills. All right, now speaking of efficiency, Jason Asamoda is another uh, high profile player, five-star prospect currently in the class of 2024 in this Pro 16 circuit. You got a chance to watch him again this week. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, he's already committed to Baylor, but as you start to look forward uh, to what's in store for him, wh what are your thoughts? I think that he has a lot of upside. I love his talent level. And, you know, originally when he committed to the Bears last year, I was really impressed with the staff's ability to get that done early just because of what he can do being at six foot eight and playing the three position. He can space the floor. He puts the ball on the deck and he does it with the purpose and he knows how to get to his spots. And he showcased all of that this weekend. The key is him maximizing his upside. And I think he chose a great place to do that in Waco. Um, just given the, you know, the one and done talent that they've had there and not saying that he is a one and done prospect, but he has the, the coaches around him that will make sure that he plays to his strengths and maximizes his talent. It's just all about him buying in. And if he does that, we can look at somebody who can be really special long term. Yeah, they, they run a good system down there. There's some intricate things they're doing offensively. They really value spacing at the front court spot, as we've seen over the years. So I 100% agree with that. All right, Brandon, there's always some new guys to emerge, somebody who's underrated, starting to make a name for himself. Anybody start to write a similar story this week in Houston? Yes, actually, I'm really excited to talk about Lane Taylor. He's a five foot nine, strong point guard out of Arkansas. He played for AAO Flight, and he was the name, he was a name that I was familiar with. I heard it, seen it on Twitter feeds and whatnot, but wasn't, wasn't really familiar with this game. And when I watched him, I was sitting with coaches for the first two minutes, and they asked me, tell me what you think about him. And I lazily judged him thinking that he was a low major player because that's what his recruitment reflects. But as the game went on, he struck me as a player who could actually help a high major program win. And it's solely because of how well he passes the basketball. He didn't really have his best week in shooting. And I heard from people who vouch for him the most that he is a deadly shooter from behind the arc. But that wasn't working for him. But he still stood out as a player who was the most productive out of, in, out of any league, out of any setting, just because of how well he set up his teammates. He puts them in the right position to score. He made a lot of high-level finds. And outside of his ability to make the assist, He's tough. He gets 50-50 balls. He's very strong. He has college-ready strength. And he sacrifices his body in every play just to make winning plays. He's a, he's a guy that high-level coaches would love coaching just because he's all about the right things when manning that point guard position. So I'm interested to see how his recruitment reflects. He has a lower to mid-minus in recruitment. But I can see it really picking up for him you know, as we conclude the summer. Well, it's interesting because I'll tell you this, uh, college coaches, they are looking for new names, high major programs in particular on that point guard list because this is the depth at that position in the 2024 class is lacking at the moment to say the least. So that is interesting intel from Houston in terms of one name, five foot nine, tough passer from what we hear from you, who could certainly uh, add to what is, uh, some, what is a need for a new name on the point guard board. Brandon, as always, your stuff's been awesome this week. Everybody can find it, 247sports.com. Thank you, of course, for joining us again here today. With college coaches all across the greater Atlanta area, the NBA took advantage of it, and they hosted their NBA Academy in Atlanta, our own Travis Branham, Eric Bossy, they were there to check it out, and we welcome them back to the show to break it all down.
Alright guys, before we get into the top international sensations at the NBA Academy event, Trav, take us through exactly what this event was and, and just kind of educate the college basketball fans out there about who was in Atlanta and, and what it meant for college coaches. Yeah, the NBA has put together uh, a grassroots initiative, if you will, or endeavor uh, in which there is a team of people that scout and scour the globe for talent. Um, and they put these guys on teams, one team in Australia, a team in Mexico, a team in Africa. And they come together every single July, this first July period, in which they all play against each other. Um, and every single year, there's always a breakout player. And there are many players that you know about. First off, Ben Matherin, who ended up at Arizona, be, making his way on to becoming a lottery pick. Santiago Vescovi, who has been, been a star at Tennessee last year. Thierry Darlan, who has gone on to sign with the G League Ignite. So this program, initiative, whatever you want to call it, um, has become a must stop for college coaches and NBA scouts as they have done as good of a job at identifying and developing talent uh, from the grassroots uh, very from the time that they are freshmen all, all the way up to the time that they are seniors. All right, so Bossy, now that we know exactly what this event entailed, who were the names that or name that college basketball fans need to know in terms of highest recruit, recruiting targets? I think uh, Travis will agree with me on this one, that it's Johnny Furphy from Australia, who originally was thought to be a 2023 guy, but he's going to be a class of 2024. He's a big wing, um, 6'7", maybe even pushing 6'8", can really handle the ball, um, playmaker. Don't want to say he's quite as good as a Josh Giddy of the Oklahoma City Thunder, but watching him, I could certainly see a guy who has likely been influenced by the way that Giddy plays. Um, Easily at least a top 100 player once he commits to uh, a program in, in the States, if not top 50. Um, lot to like about him, a guy that we're really looking forward to seeing. And he's the guy whose name was buzzing, not with only the college coaches, but with the NBA guys as a dude to keep a track on down the road. All right, and a reminder, as you visit our rankings page in 247sports.com, you will see international prospects. They are inserted there once they commit to local college programs as we continue to rate, evaluate, and rank all the incoming college basketball players from across the globe. That and much more, 247sports.com. All right, that is everything from the first week of the July recruiting period. But guess what this weekend is? It's the second week of the July recruiting period, and we will be right back next week to break it all down. College Basketball Recruiting Weekly. You know where to find us. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.